It is uh, 27 to 10. Around 10 to 15% of New Zealand families are stuck in persistent poverty that will keep them trapped there for years. The Maxim Institute's third report uh, in the series Heart of Poverty focuses on the pathways leading those families into poverty and what has been proven to help them uh, walk out. The author of the report is Kieran Madden, who says that while quite a number of families that we see in poverty stats in a given year will escape with the help of the system we already have, for those in persistent poverty, it simply isn't working. He's a, a graduate of the Australian National University, worked for, um, worked for an Australian senator uh, for a, um, a few years as well. Um, and, he is, and he was a project manager for Hewlett-Packard. He's now with the Maxim Institute. Kieran Madden, good morning. Good morning, Leighton. The, um, the situation in... Are you a Kiwi, by the way, or Australian? I'm an Aussie. Been but, here uh, how long? I, I married a Kiwi, so... Uh, and you got trapped. <laughs> uh, you, um, you've been here how long? Uh, four years now, Leighton. Is that long enough to, uh, to get a grasp of, uh, of the situation in New Zealand that you have researched on? I think so, Leighton. I think um, what struck me while I was uh, undertaking this research, and I've been looking into poverty um, in New Zealand for two or three years now for my time here, um, is that the, the literature in New Zealand is relatively limited and a lot of the findings um, that we draw on here because of that fact um, are actually from, uh, from the UK, for example, where the literature is much more mature and the data. Um, we, we simply haven't got as good data here in New Zealand. So I've, I've dredged up all the data in New Zealand as possible um, and drawn conclusions from that. Have you established any data yourself or have you, have you relied on what, whatever it is you could dig up? For now, this is um, uh, what we call secondary research, so it's all, all it's a literature review from all of the uh, research that's out there at the moment. Uh, we're looking at doing some, potentially doing some primary research in the future, but at this stage, it's more just scoping out what's what's been, um, what is the data out there at the moment, and assessing that. Is that is that, in your opinion, a quite reliable system? I think so. It's um, it's. Uh, it's a standard practice as far as um, academia goes, doing a broad literature review on the available evidence. Um, it's nothing, nothing new, um, and I think we can gain a lot from what we've um, from this sort of um, evidence review. But, it, but it, I'd also note that it's a starting point. It's, um, it's not where we're um, finishing. It's the foundation for future work. Mm -hmm. All right. So, what is the um What's the road that leads families into, um, uh, into, into poverty? Okay, so the main, the main road that families lead them to poverty is uh, losing a job. Um, the evidence from New Zealand shows that uh, losing a job is by far the biggest um, trigger event um, leading families into poverty. Um, also, either low earnings, which is more a function of uh, lack of hours or lack of... Um, or sort of unstable hours, um, which um, is basically for families now. But uh, for families in the future, we, we also looked at intergenerational poverty and came to the conclusion from the literature and research that it's actually low educational achievement which is driving um, this intergenerational poverty. Um, so that's a really important area. All right. Well. So would, would, would we include or could we encapsulate that as, as lack of ambition? Lack of ambition is certainly one aspect of the problem. Um, if families do not have 
a sense of aspirations for a better life, um, then that's going to impact their future work um, potential. Um, but one thing we see the research says as far as um, parents' aspirations for their children, um, that parents have huge aspirations for their children to succeed. And um, the question here is how to help make those aspirations a reality. Um, parents aren't always equipped to do that, um, or they've grown up in contexts where no one else is succeeding. So part of this is to say, for those 10 to 15% of New Zealanders who haven't seen any better, who live in neighbourhoods where um, no one holds a steady job or live in neighbourhoods um, where there are significant deprivation, um, to try to be more imaginative with our policies, um, and not just government, but it's the whole of, whole of um, society solutions that involve business, community organisations and families themselves. All right. Um, I note that you uh, you say that 80% of educational achievement is a function of the home environment. Yes. Now, if if we take if we take um, an intergenerational situation of, of poverty, where there is no ambition, where welfare plays the um, the life supporting role, yes. and the kids grow up in that environment. And I, funnily enough, I asked this question yesterday before I uh, I knew that your the your report was coming out. Um, there is nothing, there is nothing that is likely to inspire a young kid to achievement in life. In that, in that particular environment that we've just discussed. So how on earth do we break that mold so that we give, give those kids, uh, the opportunity to realize that, that applied effort, uh, can lead to success and a breakout? Mm, and I think it's a really interesting and a really pertinent question, and one um, we we can we can blame families and children for their poor choices, and we often do. Um, but sometimes they're simply in growing up in contexts where there are no where there are no aspirations, um, where for generations um, the aspirations have been very low, considering what most New Zealanders would um, consider to participate and um, belong in society here in New Zealand. Um, Tell you what, I've got uh, a couple of questions to follow on from that. Yeah, if, sure. you'll, if you'll bear with me through a, a commercial break, uh, we'll come back in a couple. 21 to 10, News Talk Sydney. The Leighton Smith Show. Call 0800 Great conversations start here on News Talk ZV. And like I said, there, there have been many, many reports into poverty. The Maxim Institute is uh, doing a series of them. And uh, the author of the present one, the third one, the third part of the series, is Kieran Madden. Uh, two two questions, and I'll, and I'll ask them at the same time, and you respond how you feel. Sure. For those kids, and this is this is something that, for whatever reason, really occupies my mind. Mm-hmm. For those kids who grow up in who are growing up in um, in in situations of of poverty, poverty of parenting in particular, they're not getting any inspiration at home. The only other place that they can get it is via teaching, via the schoolroom. And my personal opinion is we don't have the teachers who, who, we don't have enough of the teachers who can, who are capable of doing that. The other part of it is, of course, the, the, the question over how much, how much play welfare has in all of this so that, you know, you can survive. You might, you might, um, you know, you might have the latest uh, curved television, but you can survive on welfare. Therefore, you get used to it and you're okay. So you've got, you've got, um, uh, a dampener and a lack of inspiration. Mm. Your response? 
Yeah, I think the uh, I think the the question around um, children growing up in families where perhaps there uh, there aren't aspirations for a for a career or for a, a stable job, um, which is a real issue. Um, and if, like I said before, this, this is a problem that, that families themselves have a role to play, um, but if families themselves are ill-equipped for this, um, and, and I'd caution that sometimes families do just need more money, uh, sometimes some families, but others, that's not going to be enough and that's not going to make a difference. Um, and so for those, <coughs> for those families, there's, there's a whole range of evidence pointing towards uh, mentoring mentoring uh, programs which can provide uh, role models and role modelling for um, children for where that's not there in their home environment. Um, but like you said, it's also, uh, I've heard so many stories of um, kids growing up in, in deprived areas who have had that one inspirational teacher. Um, yeah. And if they do have that, then, uh, then they can um, have a glimpse of what it means um, to have those broad aspirations for something more than becoming... Uh, a rapper or a rugby player, um, and so that that's crucial. And I, I can't comment on whether there are enough of these teachers or whether they um, whether we have the quality of teachers here. But I, I certainly think that one of the interesting areas of um, research that came up through this um, was that something's happening internationally is the development of um, children's social and emotional kind of character skills. Um, which have been shown to uh, be behind around a third of um, kids' school achievement. Um, but it's something we don't really focus on. We focus on math, we focus on English, um, but as far as things like self-control, things like determination, things like social skills and collaboration. Um, and self-discipline. And self-discipline, yeah. yeah these, these are the things that, uh, that the children from wealthier families who have parents who can role model these, um, these skills um, succeed well. Yeah, in, those, in, in most, in most maybe, but not necessarily all. And not necessarily Rich all. Rich kids get into um, trouble too. That's, that's right. If you've got more money, it just um, manages to, all right. when you make your poor decisions, you can uh, bounce back a bit quicker. Right. You don't, you Kieran, I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for your time.